Hi, everybody. It's Kid Midas, the original dad griever. I am down here in North Carolina with a couple of announcements. First of all, we're not going to have a regular episode this week. You're going to have to wait to hear our hot takes about George Santos being indicted or North Carolina state Republicans trying to ban abortion after 12 weeks or CNN airing a Donald Trump town hall meeting or whatever that was. Unfortunately, those hot takes uh, must be postponed. Uh, I'm still dealing with uh, my dad's death, and my brother and I are helping my mom prepare to transition to a different level of care. So there's just, um, I'm sorry, I just don't have enough time to record and then edit another world-class episode of your favorite podcast, which is called Election Profit Makers, in case you've forgotten. So in the meantime, this week, we're going to post a Patreon episode that was formerly available only to our wonderful Patreons. This is an episode about fashion and clothing, which is an evergreen topic near and dear to everyone's heart, especially mine, since I realized, amazingly, that I actually live kind of close to the Rick Owens Boutique in Los Angeles. And as soon as I return to California, I hope to start posting daily audio diaries as I try to get a job working for the amazing fashion designer Rick Owens. Um, thank you all for your lovely messages and words of support about my dad. I really uh, do appreciate that. For those of you who made donations to Habitat for Humanity of Orange County, North Carolina, in his memory, that's also a lovely gesture that was much appreciated. I think that's all I have to say for now. We hope to be back to regularly scheduled podcast episodes soon. In the meantime, enjoy this special episode about everyone's favorite topic, fashion. Long as I can have you here with me. I'd much rather be forever in blue jeans. Merriam-Webster defines fashion as the prevailing style as in dress during a particular time or a garment in such a style. Friends, if you love fashion, you've come to the right place. It is time for the already legendary Election Profit Makers Patreon Fashion Spectacular. My name is David. I'm joined on the line by John. Hi, John. Hey, David. And we have a special guest in New York City, Lisa Freeze. Hi, David. Hi, John. Hey, Lisa. You're going to be our fashion expert. Lisa's background is in what would you what do you call it? Wardrobing for film and television? Costume design. Yeah. Wardrobe is technically a separate um, department. Oh, okay. So we would describe you as a former costumer? Costume designer, yes. And current owner of Puck Vintage, which is a vintage, what what would you say, website, pop-up shop, boutique? Yeah, I I have a website. Okay. But I also do pop-ups in the city, in Brooklyn and Manhattan, and I sell on Etsy because that's a place to be, and I sell on eBay because that's a place to be. Um, So yeah, anywhere that someone will buy something for me. I try to make my stuff available. And you know about fashion and clothing, correct? I actually feel like I might have hoodwinked you guys a little bit because oh. I've never um, considered myself really a fashionista. I, um, I, because I'm a costume designer, I am very invested in character and personal style. I think fashion can sometimes be a little bit bullshitty. Um, well, I should say there is fashion like couture designer that is art, wearable art. Um, but I think sometimes people get stuck, uh, of what is like in or what is fashion. And I much more value what is your personal style? What is fashion to you? Wait a minute. Do 
so that so none of us know about fashion. Is that is that what I'm to understand? I think I think um, there's definitely people who like lead the trends and they are doing something very amazing and they are showing their personal style to the world. Okay. And then a lot of people are kind of trying to chase that. Um, uh... And I think there's like value to it. Like obviously there are people who are insanely fashionable and do amazing things. Like I said, wearable art. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with emulating that. But I think sometimes we get caught up in the like, what is fashionable and what is not? And more so, I focus on um, what do you feel confident in? What do you feel comfortable in? What makes you happy to wear? Um, I think like 60, 75% of good fashion, cool fashion is confidence. Mm -hmm. That's good because that'll save us some money, John. Because then all (laughs) we have to do is go to therapy instead of spending a bunch of money on clothes. And our health insurance will cover our therapy for our confidence. Health insurance won't cover our fashions. Well, health insurance doesn't even cover my mental health, so... Well, we can't. We're no. not even going to get into the no, American healthcare not, system. Yeah. I'm sure we all have plenty to say about that. So, do you have a personal style yourself? That, yes. Oh. And did you develop that uh, away from whatever the current fashion trends are? Surely, you, you may know what they are, but yeah. I think it would be disingenuous of me to say that I'm not heavily influenced by my peers and what is fashionable today. That that's just like unrealistic. We are, we live in a uh, in a community where we're like influenced every day. But I do think that as I've gotten older, um, I've more and more am confident about what I wear, and I've taken more chances about what I wear. And I I kind of describe myself as uh, a fifties newspaper boy on psychedelics hmm that's your personal style yeah that's such a coincidence Um, because that's john's personal style too i know i could see that john's personal style is a 1950s newspaper just the newspaper (laughs) yeah perfect i have no idea what my style is we can discuss it i went through my closet and uh and wrote down all the brands so oh I'm interested. I don't know. Maybe you guys can figure it out. I can't wait to hear. So fashion, it sounds like, is a little bit different from personal style. Fashion is more like a macro thing, and per- and your own personal style is micro. It can incorporate elements of current fashion or not, right? Is yes. that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think there's like the fashion industry as like a big overarching thing that we all are kind of chasing. Right. And then there's kind of like... My belief that personal style should be like a little bit of that, a little bit of this. And I, as a costume designer, a lot of my work has been period pieces. So I've done uh, TV shows that go back to 1910s all the way up to 1980s. So personally, my my style is very influenced by vintage. Even when I'm wearing modern stuff, I like to wear things that are cut in a vintage style, whether that be like... uh, straight leg wide leg denim from the 50s with like a deep cuff on the jean um and then also new new things you know colors that wouldn't be worn in that time period patterns that wouldn't be worn in that time period so i definitely follow fashion trends but i uh, personally i take my influence from a lot of vintage as well and i think everyone does that like 
what what works for you in your life you know you you might aspire to have a look that emulates like a runway look but that's just not practical for probably what most of us are doing in our lives so it's kind of about melding it all together taking stuff that's like functional taking stuff that's beautiful artistic in the fashion world and like what what works for you so how if it's not clear <clears throat> i don't know anything about fashion at all so you're you're talking about taking things that are hot in the fashion world so how would i know what's hot in the fashion world what is i mean do you have go to blogs uh websites uh, accounts you follow on instagram uh i mean you say you would look at old movies for your job to to maybe find out what was hot in a particular period um but what how would you find out what's going on now yeah there's um me personally i'm a big uh Instagram slash TikTok uh, watcher follower. That's how I get in. That's how I got into fashion for my most recent fashion reawakening was I wound up on fashion TikTok and I started following all these fashion dudes. And now yeah. I know all about fashion. Yeah. You're an expert now. Yeah. You could totally. do this podcast. Balenciaga, Rick Owen, Prada. Yeah. yeah. Is there a particular um, account that you follow or do you just start following one and then it just starts throwing them at you? Yeah, I think with TikTok, you definitely get thrown uh, them thrown at you. Um, the one that's coming to mind right now is uh, there's a chick called Read Write Thrift, um, and she's mostly focused on sustainable fashion, but she's phenomenally stylish and takes she takes a lot of trends that are going on right now and kind of tells people how you can thrift something similar or like how to wait for getting. Like she'll she'll troll Poshmark and Depop and these like secondary markets for a designer piece and wait and wait and wait and she'll show how to like take these amazing like flowy dresses and like wear them with like combat boots and you know she puts a lot of stuff together that um is a, a little more unexpected than the traditional like styling mm. and I really like that she's I'm a I'm very much a sustainable person so I appreciate how she can be very fashionable but still keep it sustainable and not like over consume because that's like a big thing today is there's so much fast fashion as we would call it what does that mean so fast fashion is it's it's like your your high street stores like your h&m your zara uh you know urban outfitters even where they are very current to the trends happening right now so much to the point that they are producing clothes like quicker than people can even buy them they it used to be there was like four four i think four trend cycles in a year you know like your spring summer your fall winter and now these stores like h&m gets a new or forever 21 is a big one um another online one is sheen is the big thing and they literally have like 52 trend cycles 52 releases of new clothes so essentially it's kind of telling people oh that thing you bought a week ago or a month ago it's already out of style get the new newest thing it's like planned obsolescence for aesthetics yes yes i like it it yeah. seems like that would backfire and that people would would want to just drop out and say you know and i'm gonna do my own thing yeah which is essentially what is happening is like especially the kind of cool Gen Z kids are very much into thrifting, into secondhand fashion, because 
I mean, there's part of it that's just like fashion is cyclical. Like you, you, the stuff that was cool in the fifties got reused in the eighties. You know, I grew up in the nineties, two thousands and like hippie aesthetic was really big from the sixties. And now I'm an adult, uh, some would say, and I'm watching kids that are, you know, 20 years younger than me are now wearing Y2K fashion that I wore when, as a 12 year old. And I'm slightly horrified that uh, like low rise jeans are coming back, but, but that's my own trauma with them. Um, so yeah, so it's like, why am I chasing, why am I buying more and more in these, you know, non-eco-friendly fabrics, these like polyesters and plastics that'll last forever that I'm gonna throw away in a year why am I doing that? Whereas I could go thrifting and be, find something that's unique, that's better for the environment. Um, like the most things that I get complimented on are my vintage pieces that people are like, oh my God, because it's unique. You haven't seen yeah, it in right. Zara. Yeah. You haven't seen it in H&M. There is a point where like, like working for costume designs on a film or TV show, especially for you guys with menswear, you go to H&M and you're like, this is the same thing I've seen. Like it's, they make it as if it's something new and fresh, but it like really is a rehash. And it's just not interesting, especially for men menswear. It just, it does get kind of stale. So that's why I'm a big proponent of thrifting, vintage, secondhand. So before we get to all these listener questions and before we, before John Kimball runs through all the brands in his wardrobe, which I'm sure is just going to be the Valhalla of top flight brands. It is. Can you can you give us some tips for how to buy clothes, like how to go thrifting or like how to do it? Because when I was in my twenties, I would I I wore the craziest fashions you've ever seen. I I was I loved going to thrift stores and buying crazy like patterned polyester shirts and like I used to have some really funky clothes. I know John, you won't believe me, but I really did used to have some extremely funky clothes. Mm -hmm. And then I just got older and it was like I got tired of wearing things that already had stains on them and like like even at the level of like how do you get stains out of I mean I know I know this could easily be like a five hour episode, but it's like. <laughs> We're not even going to talk about ironing or or putting patches in something or darning socks. Socks darning will be an entirely separate Patreon. But like, could you just give us some tips for if you want to be more sustainable and not just run out to Uniqlo or H&M or whatever to buy new clothes? If you're going to take the time to go to a thrift store, like, what do you do? What do you look for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes time. That's not like a great answer. I've I've spent the past I started costume designing 10 years ago and it took just time of me like touching fabrics and stuff um the quick and easy things I can tell you is comfort sustainability like great fabrics anything that's a natural fiber might not be the longest lasting but it's going to feel very comfortable um it's going to be usually well made so we're talking about cotton linen silks wool um there's nothing wrong with doing secondhand if it's got like a mix of polyester or these like plastic quote unquote uh, newer fabrics, like a lot of vintage 70s, it's all polyester, but you'll feel it. It feels terrible. And I sell a lot of polyester stuff because that's what it was made in in the 70s. Like you can't, I mean, you can get 70s, but it's like higher end stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
but it's just kind of what you want your clothes to be. So if you're someone who runs hot, who who gets overheated, I don't suggest polyester. That's why I had to give it up because I was too sweaty. Yeah. What do you want? Cotton? Cotton, linen, um, any natural fiber is going to breathe better and also yeah. retain heat in a better way. Like actually silk has great like heat retention, but doesn't overheat you. Um, the benefit of polyester and why it became so popular is that it um, it's more durable, like less wrinkles, like linen wrinkles like crazy. So that if that's something that annoys you, don't buy a linen shirt because it's going to wrinkle like the, uh, in the 50s. Polyester became really big because it just was easier to care for those things. It's low maintenance, right? Low maintenance, which which, you know, listen, there's something to be said about low maintenance with clothing. Some people don't have the skills to repair. Um, that said, there is something and this is something I have to remind myself as a vintage seller. There is something really beautiful about wear in clothes. Um, like a pair of great jeans worn in with holes. In, like that's something very special and unique to that piece. So I always am like repairing every single thing on a pair of pants or shirt. And sometimes it's like, that's what people want. It's the wear, it's the life, it's the story in the piece. Um, and then uh, other tips for thrifting, um, go with what you, what makes you happy. Um, try to think about where you're going to wear something. It, I, I've seen stuff, I'm not a big dress wearer, so I've seen dresses that I'm like, oh, I love this. But if you're not going to wear it ever, so I kind of have a rule for myself that I, if I'm buying a dress, it has to be for, say, like a wedding. Like I always, I'll wear a vintage dress to a wedding because that's something I know I'm going to wear. Like, David, you you thrifting 70s polyester shirts, like, they might make you happy, but, like, what's the occasion you're going to wear them for? Um, and then there's other tips, like, find your favorite thrift store and find out what days that they do deals. Most thrift stores, Here we go. like, your Goodwill, your, if anyone in New York, or I think they're in Jersey, too, Unique. Unique is the best. Um, I think they're tied to Value Village if you're elsewhere in the country but basically all of those big name stores will do like a day where like all the red tag items are 50 percent off hmm. so there's some people who literally go to the store and say like oh i love this this top but it's a red item and that's not on sale today i'll come back when it's on sale i'm i'm not that tight because things you only have one chance to buy something vintage usually so if it's there i say get it but if you are looking for deals, that's like the great way to do it is check check your check your sales. Um, I know Unique, which is there used to be one in Brooklyn. Now there's one in um, Jamaica, Queens. I think there's one in Harlem. There's a couple, one in Jersey. They do like 50% off on big holidays. So like when I was working on a really low budget show, I would go there on like July 4th and just like clean house. Um so like knowing knowing where your deals are, there's also like something to be said about certain neighborhoods um, that if you go to a wealthier neighborhood, there might be more brands that are higher end. Right. Yes. There's also something to be said about like if you're a thrifter in New York City, you are competing against every other thrifter. So like maybe I think you have to leave New York City. That's yeah. My... Yeah. And maybe when you're 
home for the holidays is great and you're down in i've heard arizona and florida are great because for vintage specifically because yeah people die down there really retirees the retirees get rid of all their stuff and Mm -hmm. die down there yeah um but yeah it's just a little bit more untapped i saw a tiktok actually yesterday this girl bought this uh, for 250 at a thrift store bought this like amazing handmade cardigan that was like had stitched into it just like all these ridiculous like motifs and all the women at this thrift store were making fun of her like why would you ever buy this and it was a cool sweater it was like a very unique thing that someone handmade but like it's also a very hipstery piece that like people in new york would die for it would be gone in seconds but it's kind of like if you're out a little bit outside of a major city you might find those things a little bit easier Put on your red dress and slip on your high heels and some of that sweet You want to do some of these listener questions? Sure. Okay. Christine, who's the who's the I think the listener who demanded that we do this special Patreon episode has a couple questions. John, these questions are for you. What did you and David wear to gigs in high school when you were in a band together? This is fashion history right here. Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably just Levi's and uh, any T-shirt that I had and, uh, you know, a flannel shirt. I don't know where the, you know, the flannel shirt might may have come from the thrift store. It may have come from Belk, you know, or... I don't I think don't... we dressed up to play. I think that was the height of of affectless rock music where the whole point was that you don't dress up I think on in stage, one, right? maybe it was the diseased. Uh, there's a pic. I think I'm wearing a vest. I think you put me in a vest, but uh, that was oh, really? the only. I styled you. Yeah, you styled me. I like that. I should get back into doing that. I was wearing like an Appalachian t-shirt, and then just like a flannel, and then whatever jeans and uh, Chuck Taylors. That was when John was a true fashion icon. When I first met him, he would wear absolutely straight. Levi's blue jeans, so crisp and clean, and then bright white Chuck Taylors and a white T-shirt. It was a, and he weighed like thirty pounds, but he was nine feet tall. Yeah, it was a very very good look. Did you iron the jeans? No, no. But you know, I, I, I my mom probably bought me the jeans. Here's a question for all of us: What is your favorite article of clothing, and how do you wear it? Does what does favorite mean here? Like the one you wear the most? You're most familiar? Yeah. I think it can mean anything. Let's give some fashion context. So here's what I wear these days. And I've been wearing this for years now. I wear my REI performance pants. I have two pairs of pants from REI that have a thousand secret pockets so no one can steal my cell phone. And I wear a t-shirt and then I just wear a hoodie, a zip up hoodie. It's very familiar at this point. And I it served me well because I like very basic fashion, I think. But I am starting to notice like this is pretty insane how for how many years I've been wearing this uniform. All the colors are kind of dark, somber. And our friend Sam was in Japan recently and he got me this crazy bright green hoodie that has a psychedelic butterfly on it. And it says mystical cause of despair and and it's 
Whenever I wear it, I feel so alive and excited like I'm really in a movie or something because it's such an insane hoodie. Note, in his enthusiasm, David misremembered the phrase on the hoodie. It is actually, mystical, cause of defeat. Interestingly, there is no record of this phrase on the internet. It's like it kind of it sparks something in me where it's like, oh, right, like you could like <laughs> wearing clothes could be like taking drugs, like it could be exciting and make you feel giddy. But I haven't had that in so long. It's just kind of like I put on this dark, somber uniform and shuffle around, you know, that's kind of why I got interested in fashion TikTok. I was like, dare I go out again and try to like get a little funky and crazy? I don't know. Yeah, no, I uh, mine's the same thing. I, I wear blue jeans and a navy blue T-shirt that if I could wear that every day, I would uh, or some uh, dark colored T-shirt, maybe a uh, button down over it, but generally not. And then the jacket would be a, a hoodie or I don't know, I got a gray North Face zip up that I sometimes wear. I mean, it's completely, yeah, it's completely boring. It's completely utilitarian. Yeah. Which I have to say, that's, that is okay. There, uh, like clothing is this weird amalgamation of art, fashion, expression of your personality, but also there is something very utilitarian, um, which is like why I don't generally wear dresses. Is I'm a I'm a trouser girl. What can I say? I'm a jeans like jeans and a old band T-shirt. Um, so, like David, there's something to be said about like. If you do want to get out of, outside of your comfort zone, taking something that you already wear and feel comfortable in, like a hoodie, is a great way to like add color, add a new mm-hmm. shape. Um, it's already familiar to you. It's just like pushing it a little bit farther. Like I'm a big dark denim, just like a real like dark wash kind of 50s style denim gal. Um, but recently past year or two there's a brand called big bud press that i'm very much into their um their aesthetic is kind of like inspired by like psychedelic 60s but they're um, size inclusive they're made in the u.s oh god my cat um sorry so they're size inclusive they're very um colors of the rainbow very eye-catching and i just got a pair of pants through their sample sale that are like bright blue with white stripes in like a kind of flare God, this cat sorry <laughs> cat's going buck wild over there yeah right. this is our new cat peppercorn bing bong uh he lives up to the name sorry um but yeah i have these these new pair i got it through a sample sale so i didn't pick these for myself wait what like, is a sample sale oh oh this is fun um so sample sales are generally uh sales of items that either are like prototypes of a new style or say they did a run say a company did a run of a pair of pants and there was a small flaw um so this particular company big bud press they they create like stuff in every single color they do it in all these different uh pat really cool patterns so instead of the way they specifically do their sample sale, a lot of sample sales you can walk in and say, like there's ones in Soho in New York that you could just like walk in and pick the exact item you want. The way that Big Book Press does it, which is kind of cool, is it's a mystery sample sale, which even as a kid, I always loved a grab bag, mm-hmm. love grab bag. 
So the way this works is you say, okay, I'm a size large and I want your work pant. I want one pair of work pants. I want this type of shirt and I'm a size large. And then they just send you, because they have such a huge range of like styles and colors, they just send you what they have. So what I got, there was a pair of pants I got. It just had like a tiny, small flaw. Like there was like a little um, stitching that looked a little off. Like you barely would notice it, but they sell them for half the price. And it's more just, go on, David, sorry. So as a sample sale, like when we were growing up, when I was in sixth grade was when I was really into fashion and I really wanted name brands like Polo and Izod. But my parents didn't have that kind of money. So we would go to the outlet malls in oh, Burlington, yeah. North Carolina. And we would buy these, they would buy me these polo shirts where the label and the back had been snipped yes. because it was defective. Like maybe the alligator was askew or the little polo man. Yes. His yes. balls were hanging out or whatever on the logo. You know, there's something wrong with it, stitching or whatever. And we always, you know, tried to not let people know that we had the clipped label because then they would know you're poor and your parents weren't rich business people. They worked for the university instead of working for, you know, whatever car dealership or whatever. It was always a source of shame. And then when I got older and lived in upstate, not upstate, but north of the city, there was this massive outlet mall. It's really famous. I can't remember what it's called. Westbury. um, David is thinking of Woodbury Commons located at 498 Red Apple Court. Central Valley, New York, 10917. It's where the where tourists fly over from overseas with empty suitcases and show up and just go ham yes. and then roll their suitcases out at the end of the day. And the suitcases weigh like 500 pounds because all these fashion brands have outlet stores there, right? Yeah. But yeah. then I heard, Lisa, that actually a lot of those so-called outlets are not true outlets. It's not defective stuff. Those brands are actually manufacturing clothes that get sent straight to the outlets yes. so that people think they're getting some kind of amazing deal. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, how far does this conspiracy go? Like, yes. Is that There's true? A, yeah. It, I, I kind of liken it to, um, have you ever heard how like Lucky Charms also makes like the store brand version of the same st- cereal? Is that true? They make the generic? Oh, yeah. A lot of like companies they make also the generic like cereal i don't know lucky charms specifically but a lot of it's true with drug companies too now exactly it's maximizing profits gotta get those profits baby so basically what a lot of these companies do for these outlet malls um yeah is some of the stuff i i think maybe you're right david like when we were younger that it was stuff that was like you know the alligator was slightly askew but as they've kind of like gotten further in the profit machine, they realize that like, oh, we could just make these things with less like lower quality fabric. We could make, uh, you know, a big thing with um, manufacturing is if you have a shirt that has eight panels or eight pieces of different fabric, that's going to cost more to manufacture because it just has more pieces that need to be put together. Uh-huh. The more like style lines and and little things, it just co- costs more to make. So maybe they're doing a similar shirt that they have in their like high-end shop, but it's just got less details or like hmm. I said, the oh, oh, worse fabric. And then they're selling it like that so that they can get the pores to uh, buy into their 
brands too. So somebody like John, who's addicted to brands, could walk out with like an Armani Exchange T-shirt if he doesn't want to spend however much money on like a true Armani suit or something. But it's not yeah. going to fit right, perhaps. No, it is because n- these days the outlets, it's not its not irregulars. Right. It's but if, just if they're not using as many produ- of the panels. Oh, I then- see. Your yeah. panel coverage could be insufficient. Or it might have more polyester in, instead of being a 100% right. wool suit or, a, you know, it's going to be have... I mean, you go to Burlington Coat Factory. God, I did so many TV shows out of Burlington Coat Factory. Oh, you must have been because, rocking Burlington Coat Factory. Oh, yeah. You go and buy a Tommy Hilfiger suit or whatever other suit. And, you know, you're like, yeah, it works. No one no one watching my low-budget TV show is going to notice this is not a like mm-hmm. high-end suit. But in person, you feel it. And you're like, yeah, the, the fabric's thinner. It's not as thick. It's, it's got, instead of being 100% wool, it's, you know... 40% wool and 60% polyester. Although I do, let me stick up for Burlington Coat Factory because in 2002, when I went out on my first ever book tour for Get Your War On, I wanted to look respectable. So I went to Burlington Coat Factory in New York and I bought a wool blazer. I wanted to look like a professor also because I wish I was a professor. So I bought it just a simple wool blazer, two button blazer at Burlington Coat Factory. It's brown. I still have it. It's actually like, it was a good deal because it cost $99 and I still have it 20 years later. And yeah, I looked not, very presentable back then. I'm not it saying worked. this to shade uh, Burlington Coat Factory at all. Actually, one of my tips for if you have like a wedding to go to, if you're someone who does not wear a suit every day, just go to Burlington Coat Factory. Just hmm. go to like or JCPenney or Macy's and buy a suit that fits you decently. Maybe have the you know the cuffs and the hem tailored properly but like so many people for one event will spend hundreds to a thousand on a suit and it's like you're gonna wear it once no one's really gonna notice Mm -hmm. just go to burlington i'm glad you mentioned tailoring yes because that's advice i can give the fellas it makes such a huge difference to get something properly tailored so it actually fits it's definitely worth the price because it will make the suit look more expensive because it will fit on your body better and one of my favorite pieces of clothing that I have is a seersucker suit from Frank Stella in New York. And through my body journey of changing sizes every fucking five years, because I have no kind of consistent lifestyle, I think I've had that suit tailored. I think it's due for its third tailoring now, but it's a good suit. So it feels like wow. it can handle it. You know, I didn't yeah. know you bigger, could do it. Multiple I get smaller. Times. What's that? Well, I didn't know you could tailor multiple times. Yeah. I think you can take the sleeves in and out, right? Take the waist yes. in and out. Which is, this is like the big, if, if we're going to get into, I'm going to go into gender politics right now for a moment, yep. is that one of the beauties for menswear, um, A, menswear tends to be a little bit more classic. You guys stick to like a certain colorway and a certain style. It changes less. But also men's clothes are built to be altered. So when you get a pair of dress pants as a man, uh, you might notice in the back there's about two inches of extra fabric that is so that you can let it out by two inches yeah or in the reverse you could take it back in Hmm. where women's clothes do not get built with that and that's really no why not no just as they know the women will buy more dresses anyway because they're so shallow is that why yes no i mean i mean yeah it is i think 
there is something to be said, not that women are more shallow, but that we are the ones to kind of keep up with fashion more, to buy newer things more. So, oh, when you gain weight, just just buy something new. Right. It won't matter That's because the, by that point that your dress will be out of style anyway. Right. Oh, my Where, God. Another plug for Big Bud Press is they built they build all their pants with elastic in the back, which like I used to be a big like, oh, perish the thought of wearing elastic on your waist. But damn, as I've gotten older, you know, you gain a few LBs and mm-hmm. having that little elastic to grow with you is game changing. Totally. Game changing. Yeah. All right. John, what's your favorite article of clothing and how do you wear it? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, probably just a, a t-shirt. Uh, I mean, do you have a favorite t-shirt? Yeah. It's a Navy blue t-shirt, uh, probably from old Navy. Also this t-shirt Shout I'm out right to old now Navy. that, uh, was one of our sponsors. Go oh, back when we had sponsors, that marijuana yeah, company. It's a, it's a marijuana company. That's you like that t-shirt. t-shirt. I can't believe you're wearing it. Yeah, it just fits really well. Uh, right. And I wear a pair of um, AG jeans, which is a brand of I've never jeans. heard of them. Is that a good brand, Lisa? Yeah. yeah. Adriano Goldschmied or Schmied. Where'd is, you get them? Uh, I believe Nordstrom. It's mm. a good store. That yeah, and they were and, and they were expensive. Everything I've ever bought there was pretty expensive, and then I can wear it for ten years, probably. Yeah, um, and it generally fits. That's like me with my expensive hoodies. The hoodies are expensive, but they last a long time, and they're flat. They fit well. Yeah. But I I have like six, you know, five or six pieces of clothing that fit. Uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I've got lots of different weird shirts and stuff but they you know some are boxed you know can i go through some of my brands fuck yes yes okay all right well i have a, a hugo boss suit it's a nice suit okay um okay is that a good brand lisa of course yeah yeah okay. yeah all right and uh, they worked for hitler so you know it's made well oh way to go john nice Ooh, i own uh, a volkswagen so i can't really speak i had no idea i'm sorry um I have a Seven Diamonds shirt. I don't know what brand oh, that is. What's that? Uh, 1901, Calvin Klein, Land's End. Wait, hold Fe- on. This is all one brand? These no, are all different brands. Field 1901 and is the name of a brand? 1901 is the brand. Is a brand. It, okay. Maybe it's a Nordstrom brand. I don't know, but I bought okay, these shirts yeah, yeah, at, yeah. At, uh, at Nordstrom. I don't know what Seven Diamonds is. And you said you have Calvin Klein? I have a short sleeve uh Calvin Klein shirt. Like a button up? Yeah. That's and good. I, Calvin I, is Calvin Klein good, Lisa, or is it kind of bullshit? Is it good? Um Calvin Klein. I think the quality is decent. I find like they're a little slick for my liking. What do you mean? Like the texture is slick or the style is too slick? Both. Like oh. so hmm. so whenever I'm shopping for a job, we go to Macy's on 34th Street because they have an entire floor of you know, men's suits and shirts and stuff. And you'll find that Calvin Klein is, I don't want to use the word slimy because I don't want to disparage your fashion choices, John. They're perfectly it's good one, quality. It's one shirt that doesn't even fit anymore. And I had no idea it was Calvin Klein when I bought it. I just, it fit and I bought it. 
So Yeah, just the style tends to be like they do a lot of sheen. They do mm. tight fitting. Like flashy. they're the one Yeah, flashy. And and yeah. and sometimes it it's works. Tight. Like if you're if you're an especially thin guy, slim guy, sometimes you need that X slim. But yeah. I find that sometimes, you know, you get the beefy boys uh wearing an X slim and it's like you could see every vein in their arm and it's yeah, I it, see. maybe right. a little too tight for my liking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, after the pandemic, it's a little too tight, but I am a slim, yeah, slim framed guy. So I so I you got Calvin Klein. I don't know. Then I got like Patagonia and all. I mean, I, I don't know. Bunch Patagonia of, is great. Do you have any REI? I don't think I have any REI, but I have a field and stream. That thing that I wore to our meetup that looks like you know something a hunter hunter would be wearing. Uh huh. With I love that thing i wear that all the time in the winter what is it i don't remember is it a vest no it's just like a thick flannel with a built-in hoodie oh right remember that thing you know you probably got it at costco or something i need to see a picture now that's like Um, a bat there's some bass fish and shit yeah sounds like something sears would have sold i'm a big sears fan too but field and stream it's a magazine i think yes all right i'll find it i'll send you a picture of it Thank you. John is like me. It's pretty utilitarian, but I would say John is one step even more utilitarian than I am, right? When it comes to clothes? Yeah. Definitely. We're not knocking anybody's socks off with our clothes. I don't I would love to be an expert and to know more about this and have my clothes fit. It's just I think sometimes I don't have the patience. It's like you uh, with food and cooking. Or the yeah. not right, right. I would love to know more and eat nice food, but at the end of the day, I'm making sort of a judgment call that it's just not an efficient use of my time here. Right. Um, I respect that. I your time I really, here on this planet is that what you're about to say? What's that? You said it's not, you said it's not an efficient use of my time here, like on your planet. Yeah, on this planet. Yeah, on this Earth. Uh. It's just so hard for me to find clothes that fit right. I just feel like everything. Well, do you is want to explain so... your unique body situation? Because you're tall, right? I'm you're tall. tall yeah, but yeah. there's something off about John's body. Okay. Yeah, I've just got a really long torso. There's so, nothing wrong with your body, John. Uh, no, there's nothing wrong, but there's a lot. But I don't. Most clothes that I put on just feel really boxy. Yeah. And I, I feel like with all this technology and virtual reality stuff and everything, we should be able to have an app that you can set up your phone and then, you know, strip down to your underwear and then just spin around and it would take some measurement. And and I'm not asking anybody to then build clothes to my measurement, but then they could plug it into a computer and it would run through and it'd be like, yeah, you need AG jeans. And no, these, these aren't going to work for you. And then Maybe something like that. But exists. I think a good salesperson can do that, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing, you know. You got to go and invest four hours. Right. At- You'd rather do it on your phone, real quick, and it would just spit out like, "No more Calvin Klein shirts. Wrong body type. You should wear polo shirts. Correct body type for polo." Like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Spending four hours at Nordstrom is. Well, it sounds like you need to buy tall brand, tall things, like. Like certain brands do specifically tall, so like J Crew has tall, right? Where it's but cut not longer. tall jeans, short jeans because sh- short legs. 
you can't you can't find ones that are like a 34 inseam for you uh i think my inseam is less than that because this is another gendered thing is men's men's uh jeans pants trousers whatever uh tend to be sold by waist times inseam so if you're 34 waist you buy a 34 but then you can also buy if you're a short guy you could wear by a 28 inseam or a 30 what is inseam. the inseam i'm sorry that's the a inseam really basic... is from your crotch down to the your shoe to your ankle essentially it's just yeah. a way of measuring how long the pants are yeah so you should okay. like i imagine john being tall that you would you would want to buy a pair of jeans or trousers that are uh whatever your waist is 34 36 by a 32 or a 34 yeah i think it may be shorter than that i don't know um and I think my waist is smaller than that, but I don't think it actually is. I just think the sizes are ridiculous now. Like these AG jeans I have, I think they're a 31. There's no way I have a 31 waist. Yeah. More and more men's have, have men's fashion has fallen to vanity fashion. Right, right. Like, like all women's stuff is, we don't even have a lot of stuff. We don't even have the measurement of like what your actual waist is. It's like zero, two, four. So like a lot of women don't even know what their waist size is. Right. Whereas men's do tend to be, the waist measurement like a 34 or 36 or 32 but right. yeah especially with jeans you do find that it's a 31 but you're actually measuring a 32 33 or 33 or 34 yeah. yeah i feel like it's not right which is frustrating lisa do you have a favorite article of clothing um yeah right now it's those i was talking about the big bud press sample sale and i got I um I chose to get a pair of their western pants and I said a size large western pant just send me whatever you have and they sent me these bright blue kind of like flared pants with white striping and they are the most ridiculous pants I've ever worn in my entire life um, <laughs> wait so they're like blue jeans but they're like tracksuit pants no no they're they're uh like a a cotton like a work pant feel like uh -huh. a, a dickies fabric uh -huh. but huh. like with a little bit of a flare like a little western vibe um and they're bright blue and they they've got white stripes on them and i would have never picked these pants for myself mainly because i am a pear-shaped gal so i tend to try to like hide my lower half and accentuate my upper half to even me out um but I love these pants. They're so fun. So how often do you wear this pair of pants? How much is too much to wear? Oh, I'm really bad. I'm a re-wearer of pants. Like, I'll wear them. That pair of pants, it's hard to re-wear every single day because people are, like, disgusting. Um, but I do. There's a less loud pair that I got from Levi's that are brown plaid. Yeah. Um, and I wear those, like, every day. Oh, I've been wearing these REI pants for, like, two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wear pants until they're visibly filthy. Gross. Yeah, yes. Me too. Yeah. yeah. That's Same why I here. love pants so much, especially dark pants. Yeah. yeah. So now, now what's evolved in my fashion is I'm more likely to get, whereas I only would be like a dark denim that I could wear every day. Now I have like, I still wear the pants every day, but they're just louder. <laughs> so I just hope no one notices that I'm repeating the same ridiculous pants over and over. Or I'll switch them off every other day. You said something that was kind of interesting to me where you said, I would never have bought these pants, but once they mailed them to me, 
you enjoyed wearing them. Yeah. I think for me, as I've gotten older and grumpier and like more conservative and inward looking, like when I think back on the crazy clothes I wore in my 20s, it's like, who was that guy? He was like kind of brave or just funky. And I think part of it now is I don't wear bright, expressive clothes anymore really because there's like a f- element of like fear or vulnerability to like, I kind of dress these days to just, maybe John, you can relate to this. Like you kind of dress for invisibility yeah. or you keep dress for comfort low. or just like, just keep a low profile. Yeah. Cause if, cause if you're an older guy like us and you wear something crazy, I don't want some kids walking by and being like, look at that goddamn idiot with his fun shirt. What's he trying to prove? I would like to be in a totalitarian regime where the where the dictator whose <laughs> yeah. approval I crave forces yeah. me. This yeah. is like this is like some kind of SM thing. Like they yeah. force me to wear flashy clothes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. But deep down I'm loving right. it. But I can't give myself permission to <laughs> do that because I can't put myself out yeah. there like that. Do you, you know what I mean? You have to try. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to try. If you're comfortable and you're very standard, you know, con- conformist fashion, that's right. totally fine if that's what makes you comfortable. But if you are interested or if you are um, fashion curious, I try it and see what happens because I think you're going into this expecting to be ridiculed. Um, I got right. And that's that. my whole issue. I mean, that's yeah. all deep insecurity and like they're just going to laugh at me. Everyone's going to hate me. You know, like they're all going to laugh at you. But what if you right. never go anywhere? So I. I've worked for myself since for 22, 23 years at home. So I feel like there's a reason why I never got into fashion. I never had to get into fashion. I'm at home all the time. Because, Um, yeah, nobody looks at you. (laughs) So I think, yeah, I think I have uh, lost motivation to necessarily care that much because I'm not uh, going out. And so now, how do I find inspiration or motivation to start caring when I'm probably still not going to be going to work every day? Or maybe it's, you know, one of these things where you get the fashion and, you know, I'm wearing some nice cool pants around the house. And then I'm like, hey, maybe we should go out dancing tonight. Or, you know, I I don't know. I think I think it's okay to not be into fashion if you're if it doesn't serve you just like you said mm, about like, i disagree co- everyone has to be totally into fashion <laughs> fashion is number one it's so crazy and exciting i mean I'll, I'll be honest when i'm at home i i just wear sweatpants in fairness i did get the sweatpants from this really cool like la based eg and a matching sweatshirt at the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was going to high-end leisure wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it is okay to just, you know, say like, hey, it's not for me. But I also think that just because no one is seeing you doesn't mean that you should just like not care. Or I guess what I'm saying is, what would make you happy? Does it make you happy to not care? Or do you think you'd re- like get a buzz from wearing like a fun, even if it is sweatpants, but like a fun I, I think pair I of might get a buzz. I think, I think yeah. it would be nice to have that in my back pocket to know, oh, we've been invited somewhere and I don't have to worry because I've got 
a couple of cool pairs of pants that I can put on. Whereas now I'm like, I got a pair of jeans and I'm sure I wore them the last time we went to these people's house. There's also the connection between fashion slash clothing and depression. Like John and I both have depressive tendencies. Welcome to the club. It it can be it's like me with um personal grooming like with shaving. You get depressed, you stop making an effort, you just wear the same clothes day in day out even if they're not fitting correctly anymore. You look at yourself, you look like shit. That makes you more depressed. It can really snowball and spiral. Now I'm not saying like, oh, the cure to depression is to buy $2,000 suit and wear it alone in your house as you drink yourself into oblivion. It's not going to cure anything, but I do think there can be that sense of the downward momentum and the, like the, you're just turning into your sofa because you're just getting so, um, un, yeah, you got, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? John? Yeah, like, it starts it, yeah. to cycle at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's I a mean, cycle. It's, you gotta right. take showers, you gotta shave. You need to change your shirt. Do you? Yes, Lisa, you do. You need to take yeah. showers. I'm sorry, yeah. but you do. Unpopular opinion. Yeah. And I think clothing can be a little, you know, it's like it's like me with like interpersonal reactions or like exercising. It's like the little bit of extra energy it takes to like switch up your clothing for the day. It'll pay dividends. It's yeah, not going to make yeah. everything better. It's not going to make you not depressed, but it does mean that when you catch a glance of yourself in the window, I mean, in the mirror, it's not going to make you that much more depressed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's a, a, maybe not a full shock to the system, but I mean, when the pandemic started, there were studies about how like, you know, get dressed for the day because that kind of gives you momentum and the start to mm-hmm. your day. It's, it's right. like a ritual even. I'm bad. I'm also a, a little depressed gal um and i'm bad at putting real clothes on when i'm at home but what i will say is all my like leisure wear is very fun that makes me happy so like i have my bright red sweatpants i have i have um a sweatshirt with little a green sweatshirt with little uh stamped smiling suns on it so even though it's very like comfortable and um effortless and a little bit depressed comfy couch mode right it's still when i look in the mirror i'm like oh that's such a sweet little sunshine mm-hmm. it still makes so me you're happy. smart then because even your depression clothing is uplifting i try yeah i need all the help i can get so man i was going through all my laundry the other day and it's like 80 percent of my t-shirts are just black t-shirts like what the I fuck know. like what am i, I have more to what am i as still junior in high school like what the fuck yeah, when I'm going through my clothes to figure out what to wear, I'll literally pull out a flashlight sometimes because it's, it's all they're all dark, so blue dark. and black, and I'm just like, "What is this black, blue? What? Where? Where is this?" I feel like I'm the total opposite. I actually like any time I have to go to the fu- a funeral, I'm fucked because I just don't own black. I the only things I own that are black are like my band t-shirts from when I was like 16 that right. are like more of a gross gray now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm not the typical New Yorker. I'm not a big black wearer. Um, I think maybe it's like my mom only wears black. And I think... Is your mom goth? Uh, she might. Yeah, maybe. Huh. Just needs a little bit more eyeliner, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, no, but I think it has to do a lot with like women hiding their bodies and like being told for years that like 
black thin black you slimming, and all that. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And like more and more as I've gotten older, like you guys were talking about how as you've gotten older, you've kind of been like, oh, I don't want to look ridiculous. And like, I just kind of have like. I don't want to look like a fun person who enjoys life. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I've kind of done the opposite. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm having a, a midlife crisis, quarter, quarter to midlife crisis. I'm 36 now and I dyed my hair bright green a year ago. Um, the last time I had my hair colored was when I was like 14. I had li- little blue streaks. Um, but yeah, in my 30s, I've really like embraced like just what makes me happy to wear. And it's like you're saying, David, you don't want to be people to be like, that guy looks ridiculous. I am a 36 year old woman with green hair and a tooth gem that's wearing bright blue pants. And the amount of people, cl- granted, I live in New York, so it's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's, we're all freaks. Um, but the amount of people that scream on me at the street that are like, love your hair. I really? love your hair. Yes. I actually went to New Orleans to visit a friend and I had like just freshly dyed my hair. And people were saying how much they loved my hair so much that I actually was like, okay, people need to stop. This is getting to be too much. But I've found the the louder I've gotten with my clothes, the more comfortable I've gotten with my clothes, the kind of like not giving a fuck, so to speak, mm-hmm. is the more I've gotten such like great feedback because it's just people want to see stuff that's like different, that's fun, that's happy, that's mm-hmm. interesting. And the ironic thing is, if my theory is that I don't wear fun clothes because I don't want anyone to roll my eyes, to roll their eyes at me, then what happens? Then I just look like every other 50-something white guy in like Park Slope or Silver Lake because I'm because I'm a grown-ass man wearing tennis shoes, blue jeans, and an American giant hoodie. Like I'm dressed like a perpetual sulking teenager, you know? In fairness, I look like every other Brooklyn hipster, but I hope I have my own twist on it. Yeah. But we are a product of our environment. Gucci, Gucci, Louis, Louis, Fendi, Fendi, Prada. The basic bitches wear that shit so I don't This concludes part one of the Election Profit Makers Fashion Spectacular. We will post part two later this week. Thanks for listening.